0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. I think there are a couple of different versions of Kirby Smart. There's one that we see more frequently. There's one that we see a little bit less. When we actually get a chance to see it, it's really pretty enjoyable. And this version of Kirby probably comes out this time of year. I'm sure with his family and friends, he puts this on full display a pretty good bit. But for those of us who kind of only know him as the guy we see on our TV screen or the guy we see way down there on the grass on the field or in the stadium, he's going to show this to us just a little bit less frequently. In press conferences when he's around traditional media, print type folks, you know, Kirby is very careful. I would say careful to not give away too much, careful not to reveal too much about himself. He typically uses, I'd say, those press conference opportunities where to speak directly to the team or just kind of put some sort of message that he wants to have out there. These are carefully chosen words, and he's very rarely what I would think of as relaxed. He's very rarely what I would think of as certainly funny listen Kirby ain't trying to be funny in a uh, situation like that in a normal press conference setting and you know one of the examples of this is when he's even been asked to talk about the national championship hey you know a lot of times over the course of the spring and kind of in the aftermath of winning the national championship smart was kind of asked hey what does the what does the national championship mean to you have you gotten your ring yet you know there's a lot of these different kinds of questions these are sort of which you kind of think of as, I don't know, like uh, life questions, you know, like, you know, kind of uh, uh, lifestyle type questions. It's smart for the most part, just stiff arms every single one of them. Uh, you know, basically every single time someone's brought up national championship, you know, you've been left to, to wonder wait, is smart taking time to enjoy this? Because that's an important part of life, stopping to celebrate and appreciate that's the kind of thing that allows you to renew your energy so you can go out and be great again if you just grind yourself too much eventually you grind yourself down and you're no longer the best version of yourself that you used to be because you've just worn yourself too thin so i think you know a lot of folks were kind of rightly sometimes wondering is smart enjoying this is he having a good time you know he's at the top of the mountain in college football life rarely gets better than this is he stopping to take time to appreciate that well i think the good news is While smart doesn't necessarily demonstrate that in a normal press conference setting, there is some evidence, including some evidence that came out yesterday that, oh yeah, you better believe smart is truly enjoying himself and having a good time. You get him in a relaxed situation, smart will be more relaxed and he'll even be, dare I say it, a little bit funny. Uh, We'll give you that. But first, let me give you some regular football stuff. So here's what's going on. In Birmingham, they do this every year, there is the it used to be called the senior tour it's the pga former pga tour golfers who are now 50 and older the tours changed its name kind of rebranded itself as the pga tour champions but it's what you maybe commonly would have thought of as the senior tour golfers who are 50 and older and they have a big event every single year in birmingham it's called the region's tradition regions is a bank and that's the sponsor this has been in a couple of different courses there around the years there at a, in the in the birmingham area but for a long time, it's also had a very popular pro-am tournament at the beginning of the week where a lot of, you know, in, in Alabama, celebrity means college football, a lot of coaches, former players, you know like you know whatever else they're on hand they play in the celebrity tournament the pro-am tournament at the beginning of the week as a lead-in to the to the region's tradition pga tour champions event that takes place there on the weekend kirby's played in this for uh quite some time kirby i think enjoys golf he enjoys being around other coaches so when you get him in a situation like this you just get a little bit more relaxed version of kirby there was a radio show on hand yesterday and you've heard me mention this radio show before it's on WJOX. That's the sports radio station there in Birmingham, hosted by Cole Kubelik, former SEC, uh, current SEC network analyst, former Auburn Tiger, and Greg McElroy, the former Alabama quarterback, ESPN, SEC analyst. They do this radio show together. And so Smart appeared with them yesterday, and there was some really good stuff in that interview. And some of it was funny. I'm going to get to that here in a moment. But first, just kind of a football thing here. Uh, Cole Kubelik, the analyst, asking him, Hey Kirby, how'd you reboot after losing the SEC championship game? How'd you refocus towards the national championship game? What'd you do to get ready for that after you took your first loss of the season against Alabama in December? Here's some regular football stuff from Kirby and then we'll get to the good stuff after that.
1: We talked about the cold hard truths, and the the truths were we didn't play well in the red area. We turned the ball over. We were really bad on third down and those were all things that we felt like we could control and um so we focused on those things, and we knew that we had to, had to get better. We had to step it up. It was the first time that uh, we had really been tested, and uh, our guys responded well to it. Um, we had some guys who felt like they were out of shape and weren't ready to play, and, and we really focused on that. And I thought that was really big for us to play better, You know, not only in the Michigan game, but also the national championship game.
0: Don't you love that phrase there, we focused on cold, hard truths? And I love the fact that at the end of that clip there, Smart says, hey, it wasn't just the Alabama game what we did after losing to Alabama in the SEC championship to come back and dominate Michigan, that's a part of that story there as well. Embracing those cold, hard truths gave us a chance to be the better team in the Orange Bowl. And that punched a ticket to give us a chance at revenge against Alabama. And Smart would say, we took full advantage of that when we got that opportunity. I think it's kind of cool to hear Smart lay that out. And when you did those things, when you when you overcame adversity, when you came back from a loss to get a win later on when you knocked off the foe the nemesis that you've been trying to knock off for such a long time all of a sudden you get a chance to have a big smile on your face and all of a sudden when you walk into a celebrity golf tournament where Nick Saban's also playing and other prominent figures around college football are are also there you get a chance to kind of be the bull of the woods a little bit. And I thought we got a little bit of that from Kirby Smart yesterday. I think this is fun. This is funny. Smart doesn't mean anything by any of this. He's just kind of having fun. He's busting chops. He's kind of being a dude. And listen, no matter how successful Smart is, no matter how many millions of dollars that he makes, no matter how dignified he is as the head coach of Georgia, there is still an aspect of Kirby that's just kind of a dude that likes being around other dudes and just kind of, you know, um, uh doing the things that, you know, guys do when they're together, kind of, you know, bust on each other and have some fun and laugh. That's why guys like playing golf together. And Kirby is just comfortable in an environment like that. So it kind of leads into uh, Kubelik, the host, Asking Kirby about his golf game. In some context here, his co-host Greg McElroy, the former Alabama quarterback, who Kirby obviously knows from his time at being Alabama's defensive coordinator, is not currently doing the radio show because he's already on the golf course. So the next couple of things I'm about to play for you. All of this is context that McElroy is actually not sitting there. He's not on the radio show during the interview right now. But we got some great stuff from Kirby in relation to all of this. If you want to see Kirby enjoying himself, if you want to see Kirby happy about being a national champion, you got that yesterday, including this. Take a listen to this.
1: McElroy gave you a, uh, a a boast of confidence today. said that you'd probably be the best coach out here playing today. That's not true. That's not true at all. I've played with most of these coaches, so I know where I stack up. It's not it's not very well in golf. And it's ironic that he's not here, you know, because I'm sure he schedules his tee time where he wouldn't get to be on the show with me this year, where every other year he gets to sit here and gl- and talk. And he, that. Uh, he acted all this bad. Year, about
0: he avoided it. it. How much do you love that from Kirby? Where's the Alabama quarterback? Normally he's sitting right here, you know, boasting and bragging about what his team did at the end of the season, but now we're on top of the college football world and the former Alabama quarterback, Greg McElroy, is nowhere to be found. Now, Kirby's joking when he says that. He's not actually mad at Greg McElroy or anything along those lines. But for those folks who, who've kind of wondered, well, is Kirby enjoying the national championship? Yeah, he is. He's talking a little trash to Greg McElroy, the uh, the former Bama guy on the radio right there. So if you want to see Kirby having a good time, that's it. Boy, Greg McElroy, he's always here when the Alabama's on top of the college football world. But where is he when we're on top of the college football world? It's just a joke, but it's kind of nice to hear Kirby Smart joking about that. And then he kind of joked a little bit more uh, because of something else that Kublick said yesterday. And I want you to listen. At the very end of this clip, for a phrase from Kirby. I don't think he means anything by this, but we're gonna notice it nonetheless. Uh, this is one of those things I think some of us have been waiting for Kirby to say. Uh once again from WJOX on the radio yesterday, take a listen to this.
1: Greg thinks very highly of himself if you ask him. <laughs> <laughs> it's over Because we work with him every day. We're we're fully, <laughs> we know, fully aware, yeah, I'm he glad knows. he's not here to defend himself. Now but here's the other part of that. So when you were walking up, you're like, man, I gotta get out there on the range, hit a few balls, kinda get it going always said, I'm a show-and-go guy. No range, no putting green, no nothing. He just goes straight up to the first tee and wants, wants to play. You know, at his age, I used to be the same way. You know, it changes <laughs> as you age a little bit. Plus, he's got a built-in excuse. You know, he didn't hit balls. So, I don't want to oh, use excuses. Wow. I'm not, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not we an excuse guy. I there want we go. to go out there and hit balls and say, you know what, if I don't play well, it's on my talent level. It's not yes, about sir. excuses. Let him know, like excuses. That is a head coach right there. That's on top You, all you about. already That's have predetermined about. what your competitor Excuses, maybe. Oh, yes, so sir. You're, you're set. You're ready to go. Yes. Nothing worse somebody make excuses.
0: <laughs> now, first of all, in defense of Greg McElroy and all of this, and once again it's worth pointing out that Kirby Smart's just joking. He's just having fun with all this. None of this is meant to be taken seriously. But in defense of Greg McElroy, I'm not a practice swing guy either. And I'm not really much of a driving range type guy before around or even you know, whenever else I've kind of determined that practice doesn't really help me on the golf course. So why waste a bunch of time taking a bunch of practice swings when I essentially am going to swing it differently when I'm standing over the ball anyway. So the idea that McElroy's is not taking a bunch of practice swings or not going to the range for a bucket before he goes on the course, that's actually probably a little closer to what I am as a golfer there as well. I tell people all the time who might play with me that I can't promise I'll play well. In fact, I won't, but I will play fast. I'm not going to hold you up. I'm not going to take a bunch of practice swings or spend 5 minutes reading a putt or anything like that. I'm like to, you know, kind of keep it moving and have a good time. And so, if that's what Macroy is as a golfer, then I guess we're probably a little bit more closely aligned. However, did you catch what Smart said there at the end of that clip? with uh, the joking about McElroy using no range time, no bucket of balls before he went out there. He had an early start. I think it was 7.40 local time They he went out there. Did you catch what Smart said there at the very end of that clip? It's a joke. It's about Greg McElroy. But, boy, that sentence kind of hangs in the air, doesn't it? Let me give you a couple of seconds here from Kirby at the very end in case you missed it.
1: There's nothing worse unless somebody make excuses
0: there's nothing worse than listening to somebody make excuses now for a lot of Georgia fans that can mean a lot of different things this is a joke from Kirby about a guy that he's legitimately friends with the former Alabama quarterback Greg McElroy they spent some time together but boy oh boy for a lot of Georgia fans this feels like it could have a little bit of a a double entendre to it a little bit a little bit of a a little bit of a callback towards some of the things that Nick Saban's been saying this off season. Now, I honestly don't believe that's what Kirby Smart meant this to be. But listen, this is too juicy not to kind of dig into just a little bit. The idea that Smart kind of gets into the, his dissatisfaction with excuses, the fact that as a competitor, as a man, uh, he doesn't like the idea of excuses being used. Boy, really really sharp contrast to some of the things that you've seen coming out of Tuscaloosa Alabama since Georgia beat Alabama for the national championship honesty compels me to admit in fact it's not just Bama fans who've been saying all of these things and making all kinds of excuses a lot of this has been led by the head man himself Nick Saban so in light of the very stand-up nature of Kirby Smart right there who says listen you got to own your accomplishments you got to own your failures no room for excuses boy really compelling contrast with that idea and some of the stuff that we've heard from Nick Saban and if you've kind of forgotten let me give you a little side by side here as a reminder of just how differently Kirby approaches life based on what he says there to maybe the way that Nick Saban kind of approaches life as of late this is from the last few months
1: all right we lost the national championship game all right because basically you know we had three corners out both starters in the best. I'm not go. an excuse guy. All right, so we're playing with some guys that didn't have a lot of experience, and it eventually got us in the fourth quarter. No, like, no excuses. All right, and we had the kind of team where we had a really good quarterback, and we wanted to have skill guys that they couldn't guard. So we had two that were really, really good, Mechie and Jmo, and they both got hurt. There's nothing worse than listening somebody make excuses. <laughs>
0: Now listen, I'm gonna say this again. That's not what Kirby Smart that's not the reason why Kirby Smart said that he's just having fun in a radio interview and we certainly don't wanna, you know, put him on on defense after one of the rare, you know, kind of candid, relaxed, you know, conversations he's gonna have. But it is sort of too juicy not to notice. And it is a little too tempting not to just kind of pull that out and Just kind of realize that, yeah, you know what? When you're on top of the college football world, you can bust chops on the radio. You can talk about not making excuses. And when you're the loser on the other side of that, which Nick Saban is, boy, the language you use after a game like that is very, very different. Funny and hard not to notice from Kirby Smart yesterday and Nick Saban here over the course of the last few months my name is brandon adams and this is dog nation daily the daily podcast for georgia bulldogs fans presented today by Merryweather and tharp and glad to have you with us no matter how you get to us today live on video starting at 9 45 first and 15 DogNation.com, and the dog nation app 10 a.m after that facebook youtube twitter twitch of course on the radio at noon on Athens sports radio 960 the ref and we are available as a podcast wherever you find them including the world famous DogNation.com, Apple, Spotify, everything else in between. Just really happy to have you as a part of the program and really grateful for our friends at Merriweather and Tharp for making it possible here today. You know, they're your source for Georgia Divorce. And listen, we have fun talking about what Kirby Smart says and making fun of Nick Saban and kind of stirring the pot with all that. That's always a fun thing for us to do. But what's not fun for you and yet for so many of you in an audience the size of ours, just statistically speaking, this is a reality for tens of thousands of you is that divorce you've either gone through it you're going through it right now or you maybe realize that it's something that you could be going through in the very near future and i hate that i wish that wasn't true for you but if it is the one thing i can do for you is point you in the right direction that is to have a strong advocate on your side divorce can be complicated and you probably already know that's one of the reasons why maybe you're dragging your feet on something that you know needs to be done but the way to make it less complicated, the way to make it easier for you, the way to kind of create a clear path for yourself towards a successful next chapter of your life is by bringing in someone who knows all about it, the intricacies of the law, how, how those laws specifically impact you, and more importantly, how the law can be leveraged to set yourself up for happiness. So that is what uh, Mary Weather and Tharp is all about. They want to listen to your story. And sometimes it's just kind of nice to have someone to tell your story to. That's what Mary Weather and Tharp wants to hear your situation to learn about your specific circumstances and to talk about what needs to come next and the advice they give the the counsel they can provide is based on having been through cases such as yours thousands and thousands of times so please find them online it's the com. that's the website the com, and take that next step to have that free initial consultation with one of their attorneys and then hire Merriweather and Tharp to do great work for you. That is the uh the the thing you need to do if you find yourself in that situation, Merriweather and Tharp bringing uh Dog Nation Daily to us here today. All right, we're going to get Terrence Edwards coming up in just a moment. That's going to be a really fun conversation. Before that, I want to continue the discussion that we've been having the last couple of days as a part of around the dog house here. And, you know, we talked about I think it was Tuesday show about the question that ESPN recently asked a couple of their writers in a piece about who the emerging stars were going to be for for Georgia defensively you know who those guys were going to be and like one of the things that we talked about was You know, the inside linebacker spot, and the fact that if you look at the recent track record of Georgia, you see a lot of success. Was it six guys drafted from inside linebacker positions since 2018? That it stands to reason that you would likely see a couple of more future NFL guys emerge for Georgia here this year because of what Glenn Schumann had done with that position group in the past. We talked yesterday about. Uh, Robert Beale, the terrific outside linebacker who led Georgian sacks a year ago, that it's one of those things that he almost flies under the radar because he's been at Georgia for such a long time. He has fought for playing time for most of that career. But when Adam Anderson had to step away from football last year, when he's taken off the football team, um, Beale stepped up and in his place put together a very big statistical season. Had six and a half sacks, led Georgian sacks. And we said yesterday that if Georgia wants to be. A great defense again. It's not just about replacing talent; it's also about replicating the mindset that led to that. The aggressive nature of the Georgia pass rush to me was a big part of that story a year ago. Dan Lanning helped contribute to that with his with his coaching, but bringing back a guy who also statistically contributed to that really important too, and that's what Robert Beale provides. So, uh, and, and by the way, we should also point this out there as well that when we talk about some of these inside linebacker guys, we talk about Robert Beale. What you're basically trying to do here is add them to the list of what you already think is kind of a sure thing for Georgia defensively. And when you look at the guys, if you look at mock drafts right now, when you start seeing preseason All-SEC lists, preseason All-American lists, there are three names in the Georgia defense they are going to pretty much show up in all of those. One of those is going to be Jalen Carter. I believe he's probably the best player in the Georgia team. I believe he's among the very best players in the country. For the most part, even casual fans kind of know who Jalen Carter is coming back for a big year. That's kind of a sure thing on the Georgia defense. I'd say that Nolan Smith is that there as well. This is a guy who, when he made a decision to return for his senior season, that announcement was a very big deal, well-received by Dog fans as it should have been. And when you see all these preseason lists, Nolan is going to be on most of them. That's kind of a sure thing. Keely Ringo at the cornerback spot, not just because of the national championship ceiling interception against Alabama, but also because of the way that he's kind of growing into a bigger and better role here at UGA. That's another guy that's going to be commonly mocked into the first round, commonly mentioned first team, all SEC cornerback, probably getting a little bit of All America attention too. So those are the three sure things: Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Keeley Ringo. But we've been trying to do as a way of answering ESPN's question is what do you add to that? And we said probably an inside linebacker or two. Don't forget about Robert Beal. And oh yeah, what about the defensive secondary? So just for a second here, that's what I want to focus on. Because as I mentioned, in the secondary right now, you know you are likely to get a very high level of play from Keely Ringo. That Ringo, not just because he was the hero of the national championship game, but because of the the size, athletic specs that he brings to the table, because of the experience that he's gained, it just seems likely, barring injury, that Ringo is in line for a very good season. Well, what else beyond that? What else in addition to that? And you can talk about Christopher Smith and maybe Dan Jackson at safety, but you look at that other cornerback spot and say, How do you feel that? What's going to happen there? That's where some of the mystery kind of pops up for Georgia here. And this is where I think that Georgia may lean a little bit. While you love having experience in the secondary spot, Georgia may lean a little bit on the influx of very impressive incoming talent to the program. If we go back to February here for a moment, when all the hay was in the barn for the Georgia 2022 recruiting class, Smart kind of talked about that crop of very impressive defensive backs, some of them more likely to be corners, maybe one or two more likely to be safeties. But the guys that Georgia just brought in, what they bring to the table, I wanted to bring this back into our conversation as a reminder of what has been said. Where do your merging stars come from on defense? Maybe one of these guys, maybe an incoming freshman there in that secondary. This is smart on that group from back in February.
1: I don't think you actually ever know exactly what you have. You certainly feel great about them, but to, to tab anybody, the, the, the next guy, or the first guy to start, I mean, I think it's hard. I'm, the length and the speed uh, is what sticks out the most. I think, uh, you know, we've we, we missed some size in, in recent years. and Uh, We like to have uh, length, we like to have toughness. I like intelligence, you know, I like ball skills. I think a lot of these qualities and traits show up. You know, your ability to play man-to-man, I think more in college football now than ever before, if you have a liability in coverage, it's easier to find it. You know, it used to be we were all up in a a little phone booth, and now we're all out here, so your mistakes or your – Guys that can't cover, it's almost out of control. Like, they, like they, they, they they, spot it on you and they get you. I think this group, number one, has speed. They have man-to-man coverability. Uh They're going to help us, but there's just not enough of them. And what's interesting is it used to be you couldn't find O-linemen and D-linemen, and I still think they're hard to find, but you see these schools, top-notch schools, all on the same uh, DBs because there's not enough of them to go around you know the the premier position right now uh, for a lot of people is to go play wide out and we got to find some guys that can cover those guys
0: so I take a lot of what Kirby says there really seriously I do think that in terms of the overall performance of the program looking at you know potential depth issues in the secondary that may be one of those things that Georgia has to to make sure it addresses as you head towards the start of the season. In fact, that's one of the reasons why you sometimes hear the idea that Georgia might still look in the transfer portal for uh, a safety. And it's one of the reasons why people hope that, hey, maybe Tykee Smith, who was a transfer guy a year ago but also injured, maybe he's ready to be a big part of this Georgia defense at that star position in particular for the upcoming season. And maybe that's all true. But let me just kind of give you one slightly different thing to think about here for a moment. You know, the adage that I keep going back to, over and over again is that when it comes to predicting breakout players, I am never going to be all that risky putting all my chips down on one name, but I do take comfort in numbers. There is safety in numbers and said a different way, and you've heard me say this before, that for me when it comes to talent evaluation, numbers are always more important than names. Any one individual player Even NFL GMs, guys who do this for a living, they're only right about 50% of the time, you and me, we'd be lucky to do that well in terms of pegging who really is going to pop and who maybe falls a little short of that over the course of their career. But you give me a collection of guys and asking maybe one or possibly two from that group to emerge, I'll take a lot more comfort in that and I'll, I'll feel a lot safer about my prediction there on that. So think about this for a moment. You know, Kirby talking about some of those 2022 defensive back signees. Think about five-star safety Malachi Starks or five-star cornerback Dalen Everett or five-star cornerback Jaheem Slim Singletary. Julian Humphrey was a four-star but still a top 100 recruit. Between those four guys, don't you think it stands to reason that at least one of them, and you may have, this kind of goes back. what we said about linebacker the other day, my guy may be Malachi Starks, your guy may be Dalen Everett, somebody else may say Slim Singletary, somebody else may say Julian Humphrey. You know, Like, different people may have different opinions about who it is, but between those four, statistically speaking, don't you think you're likely to get a big freshman campaign from at least one of them? And if you take one impact freshman like that and add that to what Georgia kind of already has, doesn't that alleviate a good bit of concern there on that? That from a crop of four very highly rated incoming freshman defensive backs, safety in some corners and everything kind of in between that there is likely to be somebody from that group has a very big season i'd say that's a safer bet than not and so when you add that to what you already think you have in Keeley and nolan and jalen when you think about the track record that georgia has the inside linebacker spot you know what six guys drafted since 2018 when you think about other guys kind of waiting the wings from a depth standpoint along the defensive line who just want to show you what they're all about this is your stackhouse and you know warren brinson folks of that stripe Here's the thing I kind of conclude, is that Georgia defensively may not be greatest of all time. That's what Georgia was thought to be by some a year ago, at least in the conversation of that. But greatest in the country for this year in the present tense, there's still a very good chance this is the best defense in the country. And it is overwhelmingly likely this is what Kirby Smart defenses have been, which is typically somewhere in that best in the country type conversation. That it is wishful thinking on the part of rival UGA fans that Georgia's is going to have some sort of huge, dramatic drop-off defense. They don't have five first-round picks uh, on this team anymore, but they may have that many future first-round picks. It's just that the rest of the country doesn't quite know who they are yet. So we'll follow that. That is Around the Doghouse, and it's good to have you on the program today. Before we're done, Nick Saban has responded back to some allegations against him that he may have tampered with a player uh, in the transfer portal. So we'll let you hear what Nick Saban has to say about that all of that on the way but for now thursday's mean a great chance to talk to terrence edwards fun to do that right now glad to have you with us for the conversation there as well it's dog nation daily presented by mary with and tharp and it's the former georgia wide receiver right now from athens and across the sec or wherever the recruiting trail may lead here's a DogNation.com insider well, say hello to Terrence Edwards who I'm guessing has been very busy in the practice field here over the course of the last few days obviously working there on that Milton staff one of the most talented programs in the state certainly in the Atlanta area and we've kind of got spring practices across the board here uh around the state uh has it been fun to be back on the field again Terrence you've enjoyed some good weather here as of late seeing folks kind of going through the uh the the paces there with uh, with with practice how's it been to be
2: back on the gridiron again? You know, for the last six years, that's been at pace. We we didn't have a spring because of the, the sheer size of the school yeah. and the numbers. And uh, so I've kind of missed spring football a little bit, getting back into it. And that's what, you know, I'm used to from being a kid that's from Georgia, has spring practice, watching all the coaches come by this, you know, what, what I'm used to. and I'm just happy to be back trying to uh, help these young kids realize, you know, their dreams.
0: Yeah, it's such an important time for coaches, as you said, because they do want to visit these spring practices. And, you know, listen, there's a handful of recruits we talk about here. But really, you know, the number of guys in the state of Georgia that will earn a chance to play FBS football or, or or just football somewhere, it's obviously a huge number. And for the coaches who are kind of at that, you know, maybe category just below UGA identifying them when they're freshmen and sophomores and being among the first to give that offer to them, that's the kind of thing that you know that, that really matters. And it's one of those things that these coaches obviously go back on and try to lean into later on to say, hey, I know you're popped now and you got a million offers, but we offered you first. We were there on you first. And that's one of the things I always think is really interesting, Terrence, By this time of year is the way in which you see a lot of these coaches getting out about the state and you know some program will come through here and they'll just give a million offers out to everybody all across the state because they want to make sure they're in on the ground floor before some of these very talented players like some of the ones that play obviously with you there at Milton they want to make sure they kind of get in on them before everybody else seems to notice.
2: So most definitely I think that's the thing now that a lot of schools are just throwing out offers across the state just like you said because now you know I was the first to offer you and that's Kind of the trend I can remember, you know, don't want to sound like the old man on the porch, but that just didn't happen 25 years ago when I was coming out. You know, schools went out, offered the guys that they were going to offer, and all worth committable offers, not just being able to say, I offered you, then you got to come to camp to get a committable offer. So it's a lot different in recruiting games from, you know, when I was coming out to now. Uh, but I, these kids have been able to showcase their talents during spring to a lot of coaches coming buy with their video cameras and you know these kids that was unknown now become a known doing spring football so it's a big time for these kids and i'm enjoying it one
0: of the things we've talked about a little bit over the last couple of days is how georgia replaces so much of what it lost to the uh first round of the nfl draft five first round picks off the same defense that's obviously a lot to replace and yet when you look at what georgia has left there could be in future years that many first round picks, if not more, currently on this roster, but they've got to grow into a role. Terrence, you understand what talented football is all about. You've done battle with great defenses throughout your football career. What do you think of the task awaiting Georgia to go out and find players to step in place of? Devontae White and Trayvon Walker and Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean and Lewis Seen and on and on you go. What about what awaits Georgia it tries to get that job done?
2: Well, I just think the biggest thing is it's not the talent gap that we're going to be losing; it's the leadership gap that we're losing. I mean, I think Nickolby Dean is probably one of the best career leaders that Georgia has seen at the linebacker position uh, that we we've seen in my time. Guess what? I mean, I, I, you heard Kirby say he got almost every vote for team captain. I think it's the leadership aspect that we're gonna we're gonna need for someone to step up. Uh, you got Jalen Collins You you got Nolan Smith. You got talented guys. Kirby has recruited talented guys. We rotated more in the front seven than any football team in the country. So the guys that are come are going to become starters now have played a lot of football. But do we have that true leader in the back end on, on that defense like N'Kobe Dean? I know Nolan is that guy, uh, but can we have other guys bringer? I know we still have Chris Smith coming back. So it's just a leadership aspect that. I'm going to be looking forward to more than a talent gap.
0: How about the idea, and this is something I've talked about, that the other thing I want to see come back again for 2022 is the mindset that allowed Georgia to just be so aggressive last year. I I look back at some of the earlier Georgia defense under Kirby Smart, all of which for the most part were very good, but sometimes Terrence – to me, they were a little conservative, right? It's, it's It seems like you were trying to protect against the big play so much, and that worked for Georgia. They weren't giving up a ton of points. They weren't giving up a ton of yards, but they also weren't sacking quarterbacks very much either. They weren't making those tackles for loss quite as much. The past year's defense, to me, it wasn't just the fact that it was so talented, although clearly it was. It was the fact that talent got turned loose to get after quarterbacks. They had you know nearly 50 sacks. I mean, this was a talented team that was allowed to pin its ears back and go out there and be nasty on the field and when I think about you know who you put on the on the field for the upcoming season there's no doubt just based on recruiting rankings and just how the guys look in their uniform they're obviously really talented but with Dan Lanning no longer here with Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp kind of leading the way for that for that Georgia defense new pair of coordinators you know are they going to let these guys get after it the way that this 2021 team made so famous to me, that's almost as important as anything else else there as well. How do you feel about that?
2: I, I think so. I think it's also the makeup of your your team. I think this defense and these coaches knew that this defense was special. I, I just think they they understood the, the strength of the defense, is, and that is the front seven. Um, and you can make your back end even better by getting pressure on the quarterback. And I think the back end going into this this Doc, very well documented that the back end was probably the weaker link of the defense so you get after the quarterback to make your secondary a strength because so they don't have to cover very long. Now you, you you have a season now in Ringo, you have Chris Smith, even Jackson back there that's played a lot of football. We gotta find another corner now that comes in to to uh replace uh the Clemson kid. Can't yeah. think his name right now. Kendrick Darian so Kendrick. Kendrick, that's right, Kendrick. So we, we have to find other guys in the back end to fill those roles. I think Tyreek Smith coming back is another guy that I'm looking forward to uh, seeing play. He's, he's going to be a star or he's going to be safe to taking scene spot. So he has that versatility in his game to play either or. Uh, Will Poole is another guy that's played yeah. a lot of football and came on at the end of the season. So do you keep him at star? He rotated a lot at the opposite corner. So we got a lot of young guys that I know that were very, very – uh, high on that's coming in, that's going to help. But they're, they're still freshmen, just like Keenan was a freshman this year, and he kind of still went through his growing pains. But we know that it helps playing than actually watching on the sideline. So we got to put those guys out there. We got to put those very talented linebackers that we got on the field and see what they can do. But it's all about the makeup of a team. Uh, are we going to play conservative because we're young, or are we going to get out and let those guys grow up very fast?
0: Let me ask you a question about a guy that's been in the news a lot this week, and that's Arch Manning. We talked about you starting spring practice there at Milton. Really, uh, a lot of folks are because out in Louisiana, Manning starting his uh, final spring practice as a senior quarterback uh, there. And you see some video on the screen, by the way. Our Jeff Centel has been on hand there for that. So you see a little bit of a look at uh, Manning working out there. Terrence, I know you like to watch film. You like to pay attention to guys who have the you know look of being a future star. How good do you think Arch Manning is? Because the, the question, the reason why I ask is, Listen, for some people, you know, it, it's a famous last name, which leads them to believe, well, he's the next Manning. He must be great. But there's also the flip side of that of, for some people, they say, well, you know, maybe he's thought of as great because he has that famous last name, and maybe that's elevating him as a recruit. Sometimes it's hard to know how to evaluate somebody who just has so much fame. Um, have you seen much of Arch, and how good do you think that he is? I,
2: I've watched this for him, and, and the quarterback position is very tricky. I mean, you. Uh, coming out of high school, we we just thought Jacob Eason was the best thing. He had all the tools, the big on, the big body. And just for some reason, uh, it didn't click all the way with him. Uh, I just think you just you just never know until they're able to get out there and prove can they retain information, can they process information. Yes, he has all the tools. He has the last name. So one thing I do know, he will be prepared. He will be developed. He will understand college football. But understanding and getting out there and knowing the speed of the game. It's a it's a totally different. Do I think he's gonna be successful? I think he I think he is. I just think he has the advantage of having uh, a father that played college football, two uncles that uh, definitely one is gonna be in the Hall of Fame and Peyton and Eli has the opportunity yeah. to go as well. So he just he has that, he understands, he can get he has all the tidbits, he has the understanding of how to watch film at early age. He has the famous last name. But he also has the tools, I think. Uh, for me, the one thing that I don't know is can he move in the pocket right now? Can he, can he get five yards when it's third and three with his legs? That's what I'm looking for in the quarterback now. I, I, I'm just sorry. The, the days of just having that big, tall quarterback that stands in the pocket that can't move is dead. You have to have a guy now that baby to move the chains with his legs let alone being able to throw the football downfield. So that's how the game is is played right now. That is what what everyone is looking for, and that's the part of the game that I wonder can he do. I don't know that yet. And especially
0: in light of what Kirby Smart kind of said last year, which was, "Hey, for some people, the decision to go with Stetson Bennett over J.T. Daniels was unorthodox. Thought you know, some folks thought Kirby shouldn't do that." But when he was questioned on it over and over, Kirby kind of came back to that idea of mobility, the idea that, you know, you can add that extra dimension with your legs, you know, kind of wondering how much of that manning can do probably seems relevant given the fact that that Kirby's kind of praised Stetson Bennett for being able to do that very thing, right?
2: Right, most definitely. And I honestly think that that's the reason Kirby uh, kept Stetson in. Just a lot of times. Uh, Stetson has that mobility. When the play breaks down, he has the opportunity to get outside the pocket and make plays. And he did that with his legs. I think we all believe JT is the, the better for a passer, but was there a lot of times where he had been able to get out of those situations and make a positive out of a negative? That we don't know and we believe Stetson did. So I just think uh, if, if Arch is able to move the chains with his legs, I think he he will have opportunity to uh, be the quarterback that everyone believes. You know, the, the legs is, is not all and do you still have some quarterbacks that be able to stand in the pocket. But the game is it's changed right now and the defense has, has has to prepare for a quarterback that's to run. It's easier to sack a quarterback in the pocket than a guy that's be able to move around and find an open guys. So I just think uh if if Arch and I don't know if he has that in his game or not, from the film I think he he moves around well And he's a good basketball player. I did see that. So maybe that uh, is another thing that he will have that mobility and athleticism. I've seen him dunk the basketball. So uh, I I like him. Uh, I hope we get him. Uh, Then we'll be able to really see what he's all about.
0: Well, I'll just add one more thing to this. In addition to sometimes, you know, running for positive yards, being an actual running quarterback – there's also the kind of thing that like Joe Burrow has proven to be really good at, which is using those legs to keep that play alive just a little bit longer to give yourself a chance to deliver the football the way that it needs to be delivered. You know, there's more to, you know, mobility and legs than just positive rushing yards. Sometimes it's also just buying yourself a little bit more time and eluding that one pass rusher that gives you a chance to 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 make the big completion. And sometimes that's what this ends up being about, right?
2: Oh, most definitely. I mean, if you just can move in the pocket, and you don't have to be. And I tell people, you don't have to be Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson. You don't. You don't have to be that. But if you have opportunity to be able to move in the pocket like Stetson was, and being able to hit guys downfield because the play has broke down, um, that that is a plus. That that is a plus. If it's third and nine, and um, quarterback's able to get ten yards with his leg, and that is a plus. So. In my quarterback, I like a guy that, that has the mobility to be able to, for the defense to go into a game plan that their rush lanes have to change. Your wrist lanes have to change if you play a mobile quarterback. You you have to stay. You can't get upfield against a mobile, mobile quarterback now because he's found lanes to get. to. So you have to mud, mud, rush as we can. Just stay there and just hopefully the back end gets the thing that covers long enough that you can get to him. But it just changed the game when you got a quarterback that, that's able to move around in the pocket.
0: Hey, very quickly, I've kept you long and I apologize. Uh, One more final thing. You know, there's been a lot of talk lately about you know, who Georgia's playing this upcoming season, you know, Georgia opens against Oregon, but they are a big favorite there. There's been some chatter about, well, maybe Spencer Rattler in South Carolina could pull an upset over UGA. There's been some talk coming out of Kentucky. They feel like they're ready to play Georgia closer than they've played them the uh, last couple of years. When you look at that, Terrence, whether it be, you know, season opener against Oregon or road games against Mike Leach and Mississippi State and, you know, the Gamecocks with uh, Spencer Rattler and, you know, you know, Tennessee coming to Athens. A lot of folks think Tennessee is going to be kind of a top twenty-five type team this year, better than they've been. Uh, you know, do you see a game right now, or when you start looking at some of that kind of stuff, you know, where do you think the most likely threat maybe to come for for Georgia this upcoming season for a team that's the reigning national champions? Is there a potential speed bump maybe on this schedule for this upcoming year?
2: I mean, it's college football, so I, I just think you know you got to take every opponent. And, and play them like they're, they're your last game, like they're the next championship game. Just looking at the schedule, it's always tough playing an Oregon-type team that you, you're not very familiar with um, in a neutral site. So that's going to be a tough game in my team. I think uh, it, Oregon has done a, a good job of recruiting, and they got some players. The game that I'm really looking forward to, this is the Tennessee game. I think Tennessee and Josh Hockler has, has done a great job. They, they bring a vertical passing threat that uh, – I think is a challenge and I think they're getting better. So the Tennessee game and we have them home with big game that I'm looking for. of course Florida every year is a game that, you know, you just can't skip. Uh there's been times where we've been a favorite and they beat us. Um so the Tennessee game is a really game that I'm circling that, you know, I'm I'm looking for to see what our secondary does, what our defense able to do against a vertical passing threat that Tennessee is gonna bring. Terrence I think that's great
0: stuff and obviously you're doing a great job working with folks all the time remind people how they can get in touch with the Terrence Edwards, Terrence Edwards wide receiver academy and get some of that great training that you've been providing for some folks for so many years if they want to know more about that how can they reach out to you
2: yeah you can find me on all social media platforms at Terrence Edwards wide receiver academy and June 11th one of my best friends my brother Damon Gary and I that? will be putting on a wire Receiver Killing at Clark Central High School, June the 11th from 1 to 3. So if anybody in the North Georgia area, please contact Damian Garrett or myself to get more information on that
0: well that's great to hear two great former teammates obviously damien gary's a guy we also like a lot here too so fun to have you guys training together i know folks will really learn a lot about the game spending time around y'all coming up on june the 11th so uh let's make sure folks reach out on that because that sounds like a wonderful experience terrence thanks for letting us know we'll look forward to talking to you soon thank you Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. How about Damian Gary, man? That's a that's a fun throwback to a great former dog and fun to think about. He and Terrence working together with some of these future wide receivers, that is a, a great thing to think about. We're going to get to our SEC Through here in a moment, kind of go around some of the big news in the SEC. We call it cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. By the way, speaking of Royal Caribbean, man, this is the time – that you want to make that plans for your next royal caribbean cruise some of y'all know i've already been on two already this year but that doesn't mean that i'm not already thinking about when my next one's going to be whether it be the three the four night variety going around the bahamas going to perfect day coco K the seven-night variety there as well. Whatever you're talking about here, it's time to do that when it comes to Royal Caribbean. Last night, I was actually spending some time looking online at uh, the ship called Wonder of the Seas. It's the largest cruise ship in the world, and it's actually going to be sailing in Port Canaveral coming up here really soon, so I'm really excited about that. I was just on Harmony of the Seas. Uh, That's an Oasis-class ship. That means that's the, uh, the very big category that Royal Caribbean has, but Wonder of the Seas even a little bit bigger. It's also got a couple of new restaurants that I haven't tried before. So I was thinking about hmm, maybe there's a chance to start thinking about maybe getting a cruise for my family and me all on board the Wonder of the Seas and enjoying the zip line and the uh, you know the 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 great shows. There's the uh, there's the, the the aqua theater in the back of the ship where you see the high dive shows. There are all the great neighborhoods where you can just experience so many different things i mean it's so amazing the the fun you get to enjoy when you're on board a royal caribbean cruise ship whether it be obviously the kinds of you know Caribbean destinations which obviously Royal Caribbean is famous for but also heading to Alaska a lot this summer things like that for some of you that's been kind of a dream vacation for a long time a Royal Caribbean cruise ship going through Alaska that's the kind of experience that you might want to have there as well whatever you think the right Royal Caribbean cruise vacation for you would be the way to get it booked or the way to learn more about it is with our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority they'll help you with all this go to tcava.com for a lot more on that it's tcava.com that's the website or give them a call 770-952-8300 that's 770-952-8300 all right sec through time here with our friends at royal caribbean uh, let's talk about some news a little bit of an accusation from uh, scott satterfield the louisville coach about nick saban um tampering with a player on his roster you know that uh, tyler harrell the wide receiver is leaving louisville to go to alabama satterfield says that alabama tampered with harrell to get him there nick saban also at the region's celebrity pro-am golf tournament yesterday is denying that basically saying that we don't uh, he says we don't tamper with anybody saban says um that's not what satterfield says but a pretty emphatic denial on the part of saban he went on in the discussion you know, to talk more about this thing. I don't know of anybody that tampered with him. He says, you know, I don't really know that anybody's ever tampered with our players. Uh, I just think that sometimes when things happen, it makes you wonder. So I'm not making any accusations against anybody that's done anything to our players. I don't have any knowledge of anybody that's done anything with anybody else's players either. So Nick Saban says he's kind of playing dumb about all of this, which is weird to me because it's fairly obvious in certain situations that certain guys were tampered with. I think the response on the part of some people, and I think this is frankly kind of weird, is like, well, what are you going to do? Well, what you're going to do is have some sort of rule and enforce those rules. I mean, listen, I'm not saying that everything has to be just absolutely militant in terms of, you know, whatever else, you know, different times, different people choose to enforce different rules with, you know, varying levels of severity. But if you don't have any rules, you don't have a sport. And I just find it amazing how many people don't seem to understand that. That that they just seem to want to shrug and kind of, you know, laugh off, you know, any transfer at any point in time, no matter how close it is to the start of the season, happening during the season, whatever else. Some people just seem to have a, a very high level of comfort with um With total anarchy, which I think is bad for college sports in general. Now in Saban's case here, he says he didn't tamper. I don't know that he did. Don't know that he didn't. For him to say that he doesn't have any knowledge of tampering is going on. That's one of those things where, like, how can you have any awareness of this whatsoever, given how obviously ever-present it is in certain situations? Think about Tyreek Stevenson leaving Georgia to go to uh, Miami. This was a, (laughs) there was a story in the Miami Herald. Before Stevenson was even in the transfer portal, but the Hurricanes going after Stevenson. <laughs> like, that is an example of uh, of what I think kind of should be outside the boundaries of what should be normal and accepted when it comes to all this kind of stuff. So, that kind of, you know, sort of shrugging, I don't know, from Nick Say, but I don't believe it's particularly helpful in the overall conversation around this. As far as the game on the field goes, we are getting closer and closer to the start of the season. And one of the ways you know that's true is because you start seeing some point spreads released now we've had week one lines out for a while the folks over at FanDuel have released even more which you call look ahead lines for some of their games of the year for whatever reason i don't know why this is they have a very odd collection of games they have lines posted for it like eventually we'll see these from like circuit las vegas and golden nuggets always pretty early on some of this kind of stuff so eventually we'll see more but for now the only line involving georgia that Fanduel has out is the season opener against oregon and they've got georgia's a 16 and a half point favorite there on that i don't think that game has much chance of being any closer than that but if you want some other sec related stuff interesting to see Florida getting a little love, at least from a point spread standpoint. They're they're a two and a half point favorite at home against Utah. (sighs) Hard for me to like the Gators there in that spot, although Utah is certainly traveling a long way away. So odds makers kind of liking Florida a little bit there. I also thought it was kind of interesting. uh, And for whatever reason, like there's a lot of Florida games on here, very few, uh, you know, Georgia games, just the one. Uh Florida also a four-point favorite, hosting Kentucky. Uh, that game taking place on september the 10th isn't that interesting you know based on first of all vince marrow's got t- <laughs> the kentucky assistant vince Marrow's going to be you know, very disappointed to hear this because he's got t- he's got kentucky beating georgia and yet the odds makers here uh don't even think they're going to beat florida when you know florida is really pretty terrible so a little bit of love for the gators playing at home early during the season alabama on the road at texas on uh, september the 10th they're a 15 point favorite there uh, let's see if there's anything else worth noting here i think one of the big non-conference games this season is texas AM hosting miami that's september 17th if you're interested here a&m a nine-point favorite so apparently all the nil money that the miami booster john ruiz has been throwing around not exactly closing the gap against uh sec competition at least according to the odds makers there on that old miss is at georgia tech on september uh, 17th they're a 10-point favorite there auburn's a one-point underdog hosting penn state on september the 17th anything else worth mentioning here let me just scroll really quickly um uh arkansas 17 point underdog uh, against alabama on october the first like i said there's like a weird collection of games here for whatever reason only one of these involving georgia so uh, uh alabama a 16 point favorite hosting texas a&m on october the 8th uh tennessee 16 and a half point underdog against alabama on october the 15th the games they chose to set lines for and the ones they didn't don't make a ton of sense to me but nonetheless we're starting to see some of that kind of out there uh here right now so we'll make that cruise around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean i also want to give a couple of shout outs here Uh, before we get ready to go first of all tonight SEC baseball in Knoxville number one Tennessee hosts Georgia this is a pretty big series for Georgia after losing two or three last week to Vanderbilt obviously trying to keep you know in line for SEC seeding for the SEC tournament but also you know postseason implications hosting regional things like that and plus you know if you follow college baseball at all and you've heard me talk about this before I think that this Tennessee team is a little unique in the way in which it's been I mean, it's as hated as any college baseball team that I've seen. And the SEC circles, SEC fans have been hating on Vanderbilt for a long time. They're a little bit of a, you know, what some people think of as an arrogant program. But I think that Tony Vitelli and Tennessee have taken that to a completely different level and they've been involved in crazy controversy all season long. Bumping umps, illegal bats. There was a game against Auburn the other day where the Auburn player hit a home run and threw the bat into the Tennessee dugout. Like his bat flipped, went all the way into the dugout, benches cleared on that. It's like literally something every single week for uh, Tennessee baseball. They also actually lost a series last week up in Lexington. A little bit of a surprise there, so they probably return home in a little bit of a bad mood. Uh, But nonetheless, if you care about college baseball, this is a pretty fun one to watch. I believe it's ESPNU tonight for this, so regular TV. You should be able to see a pretty good bit of TV coverage this weekend for Georgia and Tennessee, including starting tonight on that. Then, I believe tomorrow we may have a a special guest, and I believe it may be David Pollock. David's going to be on the show uh, coming up here pretty soon. But part of the reason why is because David's got a big event coming up, he and his foundation, that we've been trying to work hard to make you aware of we're actually lucky enough to be broadcasting live here coming up two mondays from right now we've got a couple of really fun live broadcasts coming up one of these is coming up with the pollock family foundation and david pollock for the great golf tournament they're going to be doing on monday may 23rd so we're going to be there on hand for that We'll be broadcasting live there that day and the reason why we're there is because a, it's just kind of fun to be in a golf course like this this time of year of course but also we really believe in the work the pollock family foundation is doing to educate and help when it comes to childhood obesity you know know, health is a big thing to David. david's always been very serious about that takes nutrition and health and fitness really seriously and helping kids with that is something that he also uh, takes really seriously there as well and so that's what the Pollock family foundation kind of does now this is also helping raise money for children's health care of atlanta there too uh they've got a terrific uh program there as well called strong for life and you know we of course any of us who have kids in this area can't help but be a big believer in what children's healthcare of Atlanta is doing. And so the public the Pollock Family Foundation, in addition to their commitment to, to fighting against childhood obesity, also helping support children's health care of Atlanta and their strong for life program. So my encouragement to you is to get involved here. Learn more about the great stuff that David's doing. It's always just kind of cool to see former dogs who've kind of moved on to the next phase of their life, but stay close to you know our UGA community and use the fame they've been given to leverage it for the benefit of everybody else. And that's really something that David's doing here. So I'd love to see you get involved with this. Get, check out the website. It's PollockFamilyFoundation.com. That's PollockFamilyFoundation.com. You can find out more about the foundation, the stuff they're doing, the way in which they're working, in particular in this golf tournament to help Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and their Strong for Life program. I really will hope you'll check that out because I think David's doing great work. And I believe tomorrow we actually may have him on the show to talk a little bit about that. If it's not tomorrow, it's going to be coming really soon so that'll be good we'll do that uh but great to see david out there doing great work and looking forward to being with them on monday may 23rd for what's going to be a really really fun golf tournament all right so to go back to the top of the program we kind of had some fun with alabama's propensity to make excuses kirby smart's rejection of any excuses now smart was joking when he said that on the golf course but nonetheless it draws a pretty sharp contrast from what we're getting from Uh, Alabama right now and in light of that I got a great tweet yesterday Uh, folks have had some fun kind of there's a big sign in the Alabama football room that says no excuses and that just seems like a really ironic thing to have decorating your walls given what Alabama's done here so in light of that that's our golden shoe for today Uh, somebody having a, a turn with this changing the no excuses to nothing but excuses and then superimposing kirby on there to laugh about all that good stuff by tim tatum who goes by third and ringo on twitter tim congratulations to you we'll make you a golden shoe winner for today and good georgia fans are gator haters that means we do a gator hater update to remind you it's been 4,872 days since the lousy stinking gators have won a national championship in 170 days from right now georgia's gonna beat them again it'll be billy napier's first loss but simply Kirby's most recent win. That is our Gator Hater Countdown. Our buddy Eddie loves that unofficial mascot of our program. We'll see you tomorrow, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Merryweather and Tharp. And on the podcast, I'm now at the R.S. Andrews Podcast, Cool Down. We'll take your comments here on Twitter and at dognation.com. Uh, Silver Bridges writes in on the Dog Nation homepage. about So what we do is most of you that listen to the podcast listen via a podcast player of some sort. Apple or Spotify or something like that we also post the show every day at dognation.com so a lot of people access the show from the website and so I have to write a few words to kind of you know tell people what's going to be on the show and we also pick a photo to go along with the show and I've said this before that one of the things that's been interesting for me about working at a website you know like a print you know, media product something I'd never done prior to coming to dog nation was the way in which pictures just kind of help stories like a good picture just kind of goes well so we talked about Robert Beale a little bit yesterday and so a story that I when I wrote the story for the podcast yesterday I chose a photo that included Beale, of course but I also wanted to kind of reflect the, because one of the things we got into yesterday on in the show was how important it was for Georgia to kind of maintain that pass rush excellence it put together in 2021 the magic number we've talked about a lot before is 40 plus sacks and so I wanted to have a photo that also reflected Beale, but also the 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 value of the pass rush there as well. So it's it's Jalen Carter and Robert Beale kind of hulking over Bryce Young, who looks very diminutive uh down on the ground. And it's a great photo. And I do love photos like that. I love like like that kind of like, you know, just uh gang tackling type thing when you're sacking a quarterback. It always makes for a very imposing photo. I think it did kind of tell the story of what we were doing the show yesterday very well. And Silver Bridges writes in to say, that's such a great picture above the article. Young is probably still having nightmares. And I like the idea of thinking about that. He also gives us a go dogs there on that too. So I'm glad that Silver Bridges enjoyed that because I thought that photo went pretty well there as well. Um, also, some folks on Twitter kind of talking about the um, the way in which, so Lewis seen was talking about the NFL, you know, moving on the NFL, talking about his time in Georgia, saying that, you know, practices were tougher than the games. And then some Alabama folks had got on to him about that, saying that uh, Alabama guys had said that before, but then somebody else came back to say, well, actually, Miami was saying that back in the 90s, that basically this notion that Georgia's copying Alabama and pretty much everybody throughout time has sort of done the same kind of stuff. uh, That was pretty funny there, too, just to kind of see the way in which... (sighs) Like Alabama fans are really—they really have a lot wrapped up into the notion that Georgia's copying them. When what really is probably happening is Georgia's simply replacing them. That Alabama was the team where practices are tougher than games, but with Alabama getting hurt so much, that's no longer probably true, is it? That if it's true for anybody, it's true for Georgia now. The way it used to be true for Alabama, and the way as one of our Twitter folks said, it used to be true for like the miami teams the 90s uh before all of that uh also uh, our buddy uh buster checks in on twitter to say that he's got a grumpy o- uncle uh who loves to listen to dog nation daily wants to hear a lot more about lad McConkey. so listen i like that uh pr- appreciate anybody listening to a uh, dog nation daily even now i'm not on social media but we're all always grateful to have that and there's no doubt lads in line for a big season for the dogs this year i believe and that should be A lot of fun so we'll look forward to talking with you on the regular show dog nation daily presented by merriweather and tharp and here during our podcast cool down there as well presented by rs andrews so find them online at rsandrews.com for your air conditioning heating plumbing electric needs they'll show up on time they'll do the work that's promised the price is promised you can trust them on that today and we will see all of you back here again tomorrow